0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. Chris Biederman not joining me today. In his shoes will be Joe Shasky from the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game. Joe Shasky, Bonte Hill. They host that show from 6 to 10 a.m. on 95.7 out there in San Francisco. One of my favorite people to talk Niners with. We're covering a little bit of everything from the 49ers free agency frenzy. Signings, departures, and of course, you get Joe's thoughts on the quarterback situation, which are a step away from the usual like heavy-handed debate. Uh, it was a really fun conversation about the quarterback situation and just kind of a, a a little bit of a call for sanity from from Shasky. So let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George
2: Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle
0: is gonna go touchdown. Closest oh, got him and a second back inside the thirty.
1: Yeah drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss quick pass caught by Kittle he dives and he's in touchdown 49ers all right Joe Shasky's here one of my favorite maybe my favorite person I can't say that because I have a podcast co-host who I talk Niners with and I talk Niners with my mom a lot you're a top five to six person in my life that I like talking Niners with how does that feel I'm I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, free agency, Chris and I have kind of walked through the last couple of days, but the new league year is open. We're recording this a little bit after one o'clock on Wednesday, newly year opened at one o'clock. One of the pieces of news that came out, we'll get to Niners stuff in a second, but you were in the building for Niners Cowboys divisional mm-hmm. playoffs at Levi stadium this year. You got to witness the final play of Ezekiel Elliott's career in a Cowboys uniform. How does that feel, man? I mean, well, it's the conflicting special.
2: reports. What? Because I loved Zeke coming out of Ohio State. Straight up. Like I'm, sure. I'm i I hate the Cowboys, but there are players that I will appreciate for that wear the Cowboy uniform that like they just my appreciation level supersedes my hatred of the Cowboys. And Zeke, I would file in that same thing. I don't think he's the worst player ever. He got a big bad contract and his body gave out because the game is violent. Right. But he was such a stud. He there was really a time good. in my life. I would have said, Kyle, with my life on the line, I might go Zeke Elliott of all my favorite running backs in the the modern era. Like, that's how highly I thought of him. Like, one yard to get my life on the line. Derrick Henry has since surpassed him. But, like, I'll never forget Pollard goes down. No one roots for injuries. And Bonte's texting me, bro, this is so good for the Niners because Zeke is a huge downgrade from Pollard. And I'm like, you're right. And then they go to run that trick play, that final play. We called timeout. And I turned to Rocco and my family. I'm like, they're not going to run this again, are they? And lo and behold, they did. And I don't know what, I don't know what D'Amico Ryan said to him, like on that play, you know, to the guys, but they just plowed him. It was like
1: poetic chef's kiss on the final play of Zeke's career. Yeah. And like, it just, it, it, it's the, um, the metaphor of Ezekiel Elliott, just getting railroaded to end of the Cowboys season. It was, it was uh man. Poetry. For it's sure. an image that will stick in my head forever. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially since like Aziz Alshire, not his last play with the Niners, but his last play at Levi Stadium. Jimmy Ward makes the tackle. Both yeah. of those guys are gone. Let's start with Jimmy Ward, though, because 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 right before we began podcasting, we were talking about some other stuff. And an email came in that the 49ers have officially re-signed Tayshawn Gibson. Deals that were agreed to on Monday and Tuesday and then early Wednesday can't become official until 1 o'clock Wednesday, so that is now official. I'm of the mind that the 49ers made a little bit of a mistake here, because I'm very high on Jimmy Ward. And I thought Tayshawn Gibson was fine last year. He was a serviceable starting safety I think he's a sizable downgrade from Jimmy Ward, both at free safety and from a versatility standpoint. Where do you land on that?
2: I, I would agree with you as a player. I think Jimmy Ward can do more things for a defense, but I also just think he's a better safety. I think he's rangier. Like I yep. really do. I think he's a better cover safety. Right? Like he's not a guy that's going to create a lot of interceptions or even force fumbles. He's a hell of a tackler, and he's super smart. And he's very few times is he out of position. That being said. I have to feel like he was ready to move on himself. Like as much as maybe the Niners wanted to maybe bring him back at a certain price point, like just thinking from Jimmy's camp, I think he was really pissed that he had to move to slot corner and whatever the value at slot corner. Isn't what it is at safety. And he's in a contract year and there's just like a trickle down effect. And I just think that he was just done with it. And and I can understand that. I think both sides needed a fresh start. I, I don't think that this gets them out of, drafting or trying to find an undrafted free agent who can play safety they've done a pretty good job in that secondary finding people so i don't know but like isn't it wild like as we look at like trey lance woulda coulda shoulda you know i am looking at someone like eric armstead someone like jimmy ward i'm too quick to judge a player too early in their career because if you ask me after two seasons on both of those guys i'd say injury prone not don't have a position and then six, seven right. years later, you look up and you're like, where would they be without these two players? Like, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Like Jimmy Ward's entire lifespan as, as a 49er. Like, aren't you? So, he's the longest tenured niner, Kyle.
1: It was, was, it was really crazy that he wound up because yeah, the first couple of years of his career, he didn't have a position, right? Couldn't stay healthy. And then wound up being Chris and I, one of our, one of our first like running bits on this podcast. Cause we started this at the end of the 2018 season. And that was the year that Jimmy Ward was going to be a free agent. And we were on Jimmy Ward Island. Like everybody's saying, let him go. Can't stay healthy. Not that good. But we we're like, dude, he's a good player. If he's healthy, just bring him yeah. back. Why not? It's not going to be expensive. And he turns out to be, uh, I think, a really important part of their defense. Even last year. Like yes. He was, a good, he was a good nickel corner last year who they were just able to plug and play. Um, is he the loss? Is he the, the, they've had a lot of free agents leaving. It's Daniel Brunskill. It's Aziz Alshire, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Hassan Ridgway. Is Ward the one they're going to miss the most to you?
2: I think the attitude of him is what they're going to miss. Like he, he brought an edge. Like he wanted it with other teams. He wanted it internally. Like I, I watched him at practice. He was one of those guys like Fred Warner. So it's so outspoken. Jimmy Ward talks a lot, a lot behind that face mask. And I don't think people understand, like, he wants the smoke. He's got this huge chip on his shoulder. I don't know. He He's a gladiator. I think we've underrated his toughness just yeah. in general. And I do think they're going to miss him because he's a guy that's been through the mud, man. Think of how many big games this guy's played. And think of how many
1: crappy teams he's played for. No yeah. one appreciated winning more than him. I do think they're going to miss him. Yeah, he had that play in the Super Bowl where he hit Mahomes on the sideline and forced a fumble, and the ball just goes out of bounds. Like he had just so many kind of big plays like that that um, that I think flew a little bit under the radar. Another player they're losing that I think they're going to have a little bit of trouble replacing. And this <laughs> this sounds so weird saying it oh. out loud. I'd written it, but I had not said it out loud yet. I think they're not going to have that easy of a time replacing Daniel Brunskill. And I know that sounds insane. That sounds insane because it's like Daniel Brunskill. Like who gives a shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he played four positions for them along the offensive line. He was capable of playing four spots. He was competing at, at center to start last year before he got hurt. He winds up rotating in as a, as a right guard with Spencer Burford, like having him as a reserve where it's like, yeah, reserve number one is Dan Brunskill for four positions. Yeah. I think he's just super valuable. And now to fill his roster spot, they're probably going to need like two or three capable offensive linemen. And point. that's not super easy to find. So that's the one to me because like Aziz Al-Shire, that's a bad loss, but he was going to go elsewhere. He's ready to take on a bigger role. Emmanuel Mosley was a hit or miss to me. I thought Diameter Lenore emerging last year was a, was a, a sign that they could let Mosley go. Now you don't want to yeah. let good corners walk, but how do you feel about, because now all of a sudden Mosley leaves okay it's Traverius Ward, it's Diometer Lenore, it's it's Samuel Womack. I think cornerback now is maybe their top need going into the offseason.
2: Yeah, I, I would put it at the at the top. Um Arlenor played serviceable, I thought, at times last year. I'm still a little wary cornerback Mm. injuries are across the board. Like that's the other thing. Look around the NFL. It's very hard to have two corners, stay healthy throughout a whole year. It's just really, really difficult. And so I think they're going to need some more bodies. I love Samuel Mack. I mean, I I watched this guy in practice during the preseason. I know it's the preseason and I know they don't have great big physical receivers. There's just some about him. He's He's very instinctual. Yeah. And he's just really good. Great athleticism for how small he is. Mm. I really, really like him. I want another guy opposite him. Like I know everyone wants to go big game hunting and they want to go get someone like Darius Slay who was released. I think that's out of their price point. I don't just don't think that's realistic and maybe I'm wrong, but um, Traveris was a great signing last year. I still think they need somebody else. I I would, I would be surprised if they didn't look for like these cap casualties, these like post June one, you know, releases that are out there and kind of find another guy to come bring into the situation. I just, that's just my feeling. And then on the Brunskill thing, you're totally right. I get Adam Snyder vibes with him. Adam Snyder, I know a lot of people roll their eyes. He played a lot of different spots for them and was kind of an unsung hero. And you know, it's really hard for offensive lines to stay healthy. So it's nice to have those versatile guys. I was going to go most important guy that they lost. Charles Amanyu. I Mm. love Charles Amanyu. Great answer. He makes plays, can play inside, outside, um, I know he had some off the field stuff. We don't know really what happened there or what the resolution is. But like, I just really liked him. He was a mid season trade that was really good. Fifth rounder, yeah. I believe, sixth rounder sixth. they got from the team. Yeah. yeah, just a really solid acquisition. The one thing this organization does really well, they make sneaky
1: under the radar acquisitions that yes. end up paying dividends down the line. They fill out the fringes of their roster as well as any team, I think. And you oh. see that Emmanuel Mosley. Jeff Wilson Jr., um, Aziz Alshire, Matt Breida—all 49ers undrafted free agents who are on like their second and third contracts now. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's a really really big deal. Richie James, Richie James, another one. I mean,
2: yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. The Alshire one's interesting. They've got a couple of of linebackers right now that are intriguing. They got this kid from Stanford, Robinson. He's big. He's really athletic. Yeah, Yeah, they they've got some players that intrigue me that I want to see more of. But I just I, I have the utmost confidence they can identify and find run uh, uh, linebackers. It's kind of like a, it's it's a thing with this organization now. Like we
1: find linebackers, which is wild. I'm interested to see if that changes with D'Amico Ryan's gone, because he call. was the linebacker guy. Good call. So I I but I mean if you're lining up, you need a third guy next to Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and maybe a guy to take over for Dre Greenlaw. Like yeah, they're in a they're in a decent spot. If I agree. You, if you eventually have to downgrade a little bit next to Fred Warner, I think that's just kind of par for the course. Right now they're they're really, really lucky with uh with that linebacking core. Now, one of the things and I, I think this is kind of interesting with free agency. So like Samson Ebicom walks, uh Charles Omena, who walks, and they both got paid too. I think Ebicom got nine million a year. Uh Omena, who got like ten a year, I think. Two two for twenty, I think was his deal. But they're they're letting some of these smaller kind of fringes of the roster walk for now Ebacom was a starter and, and Omenahu who was a I don't want to make it out like they're like just deep deep depth pieces they were key players for them but it meant bringing in a player like Javon Hargrave which to me like I love what the Niners are doing right now because this is a okay Charles O'Menahu who and Samson Abicom are nice but Javon Hargrave can help them win a Super Bowl, like immediately. There doesn't need to be extra pieces around him. Like he's just going to slot in and be dominant from day one. Where do you land on bringing in a high price signing like that versus hanging on to guys like Ebukam and Omenahu? And then they also brought in Cleveland Furl from the uh, from the Raiders on a one year deal.
2: Yeah, man, I got so many thoughts on this one the first point that you're trying to make. Remember when the hardball teams used to get poached? Oh, Ricky Jean mm-hmm. Francois winner guy going to go to the Colts and, and Isaac Sopoaga winner guy. And that's what happens when you're a consistent champion, right? Not yeah. even though they haven't won Super Bowls, but like you're winning your division, you're competing for playoff spots yearly. You're winning big time road games. Like people want those tough guys in your building. So that's one element. The other element, like I, I'm sorry, dude, this, this is a great acquisition. Hargrave. I mean, this is a guy who stayed healthy, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this mean for Eric Armstead down the line? That's the first thing I thought of. Okay. is like, Oh, does this mean we've only got one more year of Armstead or maybe two more years of Armstead? I don't know. Uh, This is a big time player who commands double teams. Uh, When you have multiple guys on a defensive line that command double teams to me, that's how you win. And, and that's yeah. how you win big, especially in the playoffs. You're you're not going to be able to send blitzes against these great teams. You you, you got to honor their elite weapons that they have on the outside. And so taking a piece from one of the better teams in the league, the Eagles, and, and adding him to your team, who's already in his prime, ready to go. He's been extremely durable. And it looks like he can play alongside these other guys on this defensive line. I think that helps Bosa, Armstead. We'll see what happens with Drake
1: Jackson. I don't know. But, like, I love this move. I did not see this coming. Uh, did you? Me neither. No, I actually, the night before, literally the night before, I wrote a piece on NinersWire.com about um, one free agent from each team that the Niners yeah. could target. Okay. And I picked Javon Hargrave specifically because I just hadn't picked, like, a top-flight free agent yet. Yeah. Because I didn't think they were going to sign. But I didn't think a piece with guys like Foster Moreau and, right? and just randos were going to be that interesting. So I was like, add hey, Javon Hargrave. Like It would be fun. No chance. But it would be fun. And then they go, they go land him. Like, if you gave me, if you said, pick one guy out of this free agent class to plug into this defense, I would have picked him. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away that A, they made that investment, mm-hmm. but B, that they were willing to look at it. <laughs> it's, it was perfect. The NFC Championship game. Let's go back to it. Look at what Javon Hargrave did. Look at what Javon did. Kinlaw he- did. And the Niners, I I think it was not that one game, but it's a perfect microcosm of like, okay, the Javon Kinlaw thing, the DeForest Buckner trade didn't work. Pull the plug, invest the money that they they didn't invest two years ago, three years ago, and fix it. And that to me is a sign of an organization that's trying to win and not an organization that's like, look, we just didn't do it wrong. Look, we weren't wrong. Hang on. Look hang on, Javon Kinlaw, just give it another year. Just give it another. It's like, no, hey, pull the plug. He's a rotational guy at best. Put Javon Hargrave in there and compete.
2: And and even if, let's just say, something happens, like I'm keeping Kinlaw on the roster for now because of the dead cap stuff. But like, mm-hmm. let's just say, hypothetically, something happens. Well, if you get anything from Kinlaw at this point, it's gravy, right? Yeah, my, like yeah. to, to me, like I, I'm with you. And then the sunken fallacy, you know, the sunken cost fallacy, you know, like my biggest thing is like, hey, look, if you've made a mistake, pivot quickly. The longer you hold on to a depreciating asset, the more you're about to lose. And so I'm totally with you on this one. It also signals to me, like, this guy not only got paid, he wants to win. Like that, because... All money isn't created equal. I'm sure he could have got more in guarantees elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he came to the Niners for the, like, and it's still a big deal. I'm not trying to pretend that it isn't, but like, let's not kid like hit ourselves. If you don't think the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars and some of these other lowly teams aren't out here trying to splurge and give more guaranteed dollars in a tax-free
1: state, like you're mm-hmm. kidding yourself. So I love this acquisition. I'm all in on the Cleveland for acquisition too. Like for a different reason, obviously, but you mentioned Drake Jackson. Like what's Drake Jackson going to give them this year? I don't know. I'm there were flashes last year where it's like, holy crap. this Right. But then there were games where it's like, did he play? And you'd have to go back and and see. And toward the end of the year, he was not playing. I think he's fine. I think he's going to be a fine player. But I love the idea of bringing in a guy like Furl, number four pick. We've seen him have success with Kerry Heider kind of a reclamation Arden project, key. Arden key. Now the one that um, I-, I saw somebody, I think it was David Lombardi from the athletic posted a Arden key, Cleveland, Furl like statistical side by side. And it's like, that's great. But now give me the Dion Jordan one. Give me <laughs> the one that, did- <laughs> give me the one that didn't work out. But I, I, I like the idea of, yeah. Hey, that's a low cost, low yeah. risk, potential high reward signing. If he goes and get you five sacks this year, like that's, that's what this team's been. So yes, good at.
2: It's like adding a bullpen arm of a guy who used to be a closer or used to be somebody else's setup, man, or whatever. And you're, you're hoping, I think pass rushers very similar to bullpen arms can have down years and there's not an explanation. Maybe it's injury scheme, fit, whatever. They go to a new spot and then all of a sudden, boom, all you need four or five plays four or five plays and it's worth bringing him in. And then the Drake Jackson thing's interesting. I'm really high on this kid. I don't know what happened at the end of last year. But like watching him in games, watching him in practice, I thought nutrition was something that he needed to work on. I thought for a young guy, I'm being real. Like when you look at the (laughs) other bodies on that defensive line, he looked a little. Yeah. And he looked like someone who had position changes in college Mm -hmm. where he played inside. Then they moved him out. Like I could I could physically see that his bend for how big he is. If he can get his body right, I think he has freak ashlet- athleticism. Think Aaron Lynch. And I know he didn't pan out, but like Aaron Lynch had the kind of. He long- didn't get his
1: body together.
2: Like, but, that, but you could see he could flash. And I mm-hmm. think I see that with Drake Jackson. I'm hoping getting around these other veterans will help him.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, you mentioned Javon Hargrave helping out Eric Armstead and and helping out Nick Bosa. I think if you're putting Drake Jackson on an island where he can just run past a tackle, I I don't know if that, you know, it's not going to happen every play, but I think it just gives him opportunities to make plays that weren't going to be there before. I'm still really high on Drake Jackson. I still think they need a couple of death pieces there. Maybe they go that route in the draft, however, however they wind up doing it. Jordan Willis is a player I really like. He's uh, just he solid. For agent. Yeah, he's just a good player.
2: Yeah, he's I like him. He saw it, and he plays special teams. I, I love guys that play multiple spots and can play special mm-hmm. teams. Like that, I value that, especially on a team going to the playoffs. You cannot have a weak special teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We saw we saw it kill the Packers in, in in 2021. All right, let's talk about quarterback stuff. I didn't want to leave with it because it could have taken the entire time. But they bring in Sam Darnold. What did that tell you? I was not triggered the way
2: other people were triggered. I saw this as a low risk. I'm trying to grab a quarterback and mold him into my system He's still only 25. I liked him X amount of years ago coming out. Like, I'm, I'm from Kyle's perspective, not Joe Shasky's. Right. I liked him coming out. I think he's been in bad settings. You know, I think he needs to work on some things. I don't think he sees the field necessarily well, um, but I don't think he's had the talent that they've had around here. It's low risk. And at minimum, let's just say he stinks it up. But if he competes every day and that pushes some of these other guys, Brock, Trey Lance, whomever, to be slightly better, isn't it worth it? Like, yeah. isn't that worth it? And I think that he has a lot he can impart on Trey Lance as he's competing for whether it's the two spot, the starting mm-hmm. spot, whatever. He's a flamed out top pick himself. He's a guy mm-hmm. who people see as a raw project, who, who needs to get, you know, out and win and, and play better. I think he has accuracy issues just like Trey Lance. So I think there's a lot to like. I don't understand why everyone's up in an uproar. To me, like competition brings out the best in anyone. I would be drafting and acquiring quarterbacks Every single year, even if you have Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or one of those guys, it is so valuable to have those pieces behind. If your quarterback gets hurt and then secondarily so that you can maybe trade those guys away and bring another mm-hmm. guy in like I- I'm not
1: triggered like other people. So I like the move. I do, too. They're now spending about 15 million dollars on their quarterback room in 2023. It's nothing. Like, that's nothing. Yes. 13 team's paying 15 million for their backup. Yes. And this, Sam Darnold, to me, here's here's where I land on this. Mm-hmm. And I want to make this really clear because I, I try not to listen to social media and stuff. And when people mm-hmm. have a valid critique, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take it. And, and somebody, I, I, wish I, could remember, I wish I could remember who it was. I think his name was Jason. Said, hey, you guys sound super down on Trey Lance. So let me just plainly state this. Mm-hmm. I think Trey Lance should be getting every opportunity to be the starter. I understand what Brock Purdy did. He looked great. But while he's out, I think it should be Trey Lance's QB1. And if he shows you enough through OTAs and through camp that, like, oh, hey, there's improvement there, I think he should be starting. That's that's where I land. Now, do the 49ers land there? Don't know. Doesn't sound like it, but that's neither here nor there. To me, the 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 Sam Darnold thing is okay he's right on the cusp. He's right at the top end. So there was, there's buckets of quarterbacks, right? There's starters and then there's backups. And then there's this third bucket of like QB three guys, fringe backups kind of. And Sam Darnold to me is right at the top of that third bucket, bottom of that second bucket where, where if he's your QB three, it's not outrageous. It's not like, why did he sign that deal? But if Sam Darnold came out, and through two weeks of camp, you start hearing the reports from the Matt Barrows, from the the Matt Mayokos and and Cam Inman's and Nick Wagner's, and it's man, Sam Donald was the best quarterback in practice today. That wouldn't shock me. No, it, I'd be a little surprised, but it wouldn't. It, it he's 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 a former number three overall pick. If he got into a a real system a real offensive system for the first time and and played the best football of his career. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but that said, I, I think it's said like insulation. This is just in case something weird happens and he winds up having to be the backup or starting. They're okay with it more. Okay. Than they would have been with chase Daniel or case Keenum or whoever. And if he winds up being the QB three, which is what I think is going to happen, then fine they're paying him four and a half million dollars or $3 million or whatever it is.
2: I, the thing that's that a I good don't investment.
1: Why? Have, no, I 100% agree with you. Good court, I don't understand. It's like decent quarterbacks. It's not bad.
2: Why, why is like all the 49er fans so triggered by everything? Like I have to be a, this guy fan or a, that guy fan. Like I'm a Niner fan. Like I want to win. Sure. That's all I sure. want to do is win. Like rock Purdy surprised the hell out of me. All right. Wow. That's freaking awesome. He's hurt right now. Trey Lance needs to take uh, advantage of this opportunity or he'll be out like period. It's that simple. And I like Trey Lance. Kyle, you know, I was rooting for him. I wanted him to start year one.
1: Yes. You, you and Bonte had the video after you went to practice. And the famous video,
2: I'm an unabashed Trey, Trey Lance supporter, but I also have to assess reality. So like, just let me take some of the younger audience back a little bit. All right. Back to back MVPs. They win the Super Bowl in 88, 89, 89, 90, Joe Montana is back-to-back MVP, league MVP, his Mm -hmm. best two seasons. Gets knocked out in the 1990 NFC Championship game. Steve Young wanted out. He wanted to leave. He wanted to go elsewhere, all right? He comes back for the 1991 season, all right? And he thinks Joe Montana's going to be there. Montana's hurt. Who takes advantage of that? Steve Young. He Mm -hmm. has the highest completion in the league. He only throws for 17 touchdowns and eight interceptions. But at the time, that was a lot. Like, I know people don't think of it. That was a lot in 10 games. And he split time with Bono because Steve Young also got hurt. He made the most of his opportunities. He stayed with the 49ers. Joe was out, and he made the best of it. You don't get 1992 MVP from Steve Young without that 1991 season that was a forgotten season for a lot of people. So where I'm going at with this is, the competition brings the best out of all of them. Bono was pushing Steve Young. Steve Young was pushing Joe Montana. That's what forced him into the 89, 1990, you know, MVPs. I don't know why we're so afraid of competing. Like, I want, may the best man win. If Brock comes back and he's healthy and he's good, awesome. The good, he's better for it. If Trey ends up finally realizing some of his potential, how incredible would that be? I would love to sit here and go, man, who do we go to hot hand Trey Lance or the guy who was undefeated last year Brock Purdy. <laughs> like, wouldn't you look right. or, or oh, Sam Darnold, who's impressing. Like, I would love to have a, a three. Like why does it have to be one or the other? I want the best man to win and let them earn the job their own way. Like, and just because I say one guy like Brock Purdy right now to me has the catbird seat. Sure. He won all his games. He looked phenomenal now Mm -hmm. yeah there were moments where it didn't look great show show me a quarterback who didn't struggle but like right now he's in the up he's also hurt right now and people say you can't lose your job because of injury bs it happens all the time it happened to jimmy ward it literally (laughs) just happened but Jimmy Garoppolo it happened to Jimmy yeah. Ward, it happens all the time. And like, so, and I'm not, whether you believe that should happen or not, that's just the reality. So my point that I'm going at here is it's like, why are we so triggered by everything that happens at the quarterback spot? Like Sam Darnold is low risk. If he balls out, wow, what a find. He's right. only 25. Right. If he doesn't and he pushes the other guys and one of them balls out. Awesome. That's, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. And I look at Darnold this way. If they have a three game absence, whoever, Trey and, and can they go one and two? Can they go two and one? I think they can with Sam Darnold.
1: I do not think they can do that with Josh Johnson. I I'm, I'm with you. And Sam Darnold, do I think he's good? No. Do I think he's better than Trey Lance and, and Brock Purdy? Certainly not, but he went four and two with a not very good Panthers team last year. I get, and, and played the best football of his career, which the bar admittedly is not, <laughs> but this, the bar was you're very right. low. He's but got 60 starts. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a third quarterback. Exactly. I think the Niners looked at this as, this is a third quarterback. If Purdy's not ready for week one, Trey's a starter, and you feel good about Sam Darnold as a backup. Because the reality with Trey is, he got hurt against the Cardinals in his very exactly. first start. He got hurt in the preseason that year. He hurt his finger. He gets hurt in his second start. With it, This is not a condemnation of Trey Lance. This is the Niners looking and going, damn qb injuries have been a problem for us get somebody in who's at least capable of going and winning yeah. one or two out of three games like that that to me is all this is and I'm if you want to being qb3 all year they didn't invest a ton of money or a high draft pick or something crazy like that That's
2: Kyle that. no Kyle I think I think you're hitting on the nail on the head like you could be the biggest Trey Lance support which I am I'm a huge Trey Lance supporter I want to see the guy get opportunities him. But he also has to earn it. Like, meet me halfway. Like, you've got to mm-hmm. perform, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody wants to see someone hand it something who's inferior. Like, that's just – I don't care what line of work you're in. And so he has to earn it. He has to earn his teammates' trust. He has to earn it on the practice field every single day. And then people are going to say, screw the practice field. He's got to do it in games, which I, I think is fair. He does. He has to do it in games. And then let's see what happens with Purdy. Here's the number one thing, though, as we look at the quarterbacks. I just – I want to make sure that they don't rush Purdy. If you believe in Purdy long term, awesome. I do too. I I, I think he's going to be really good for the time being. I think he's the number one quarterback. I want to see more. I don't think he's perfect. This at yeah. the other small sample for sure. What's the rush? Why? Why? Why are we pretending like he has to be ready week one? Like this is a young man's career on the line. I'm just pump the brakes. Let's take it slow. You only get one time to come back from this injury. Otherwise you're
1: going to have another one. Cuz you need to have hard opinions, goddammit. Hard opinions right now. You got to pick. Well, pick a side. Do do that? That's it. it. It's so wild. It's so wild. And I get like if you have a philosophical thing where you're like Brock Purdy and a quarterback of that ilk will never be able to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and whoever. Okay, like that's that's fine. I don't have a rebuttal it's for a that. It's a different conversation. If you're in a if you're in a spot if you're in a spot where you have two or possibly three quarterbacks that can go start and win your team a game i just i think there's like a stigma around that and i i just i don't think it's that bad and i think that's how the niners are viewing it too i'm i'm with you and
2: and like look look around the league if somebody goes down you might have ammunition right like that's the other part like somebody goes down boom, boom now now you can maybe flip somebody so i don't know i I'm not tripping off this one. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. And if anything, like, and I'm not a lover of of Sam Darnold, but like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is a guy who I think is nothing but upside. There's no risk in this.
1: I'd way rather sign Sam Darnold to the contract he got than Matt Ryan. Oh, it's not even one close. thousand percent. It's not even, and that's and that's kind of what I what I get at with uh with the Sam Darnold thing is low risk, high potential, high reward. And it's not just a retread. I mean, it's a little bit of a retread, but he's 20, he turns 26 in June.
2: We overrate the familiarity with the playbook. He was with Kyle for two years. Right now, Trey Lance has the exact same amount of experience in Kyle's system as Matt Ryan.
1: Like we overrate that whole thing. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we got to get out of here. Joe, thank you so much for jumping on in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. I appreciate that a lot of it. Anytime, Kyle, you know I love you. All right, buddy. Uh, We'll be back uh, again. Schedule's weird this week with all the free agency stuff. So um, I might record a second thing if something crazy happens later on tonight, and it'll be, uh, it'll be in your feed as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, rate, review to Candlestick Chronicles, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you next time.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,